Welcome to Release the Podcast. I'm Talmadge, the host. Now, this week's episode is a little different because it's not the story form that we usually do with me interviewing somebody. This week's episode is me sharing some of the research that I've done about return missionaries and their struggle. And honestly, a lot of this research has helped me out a lot, and I'm hoping that it does the same for you. Because many Latter-day Saint return missionaries struggle to transition home, we should support the missionaries we personally know during the critical time of transition. Members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints have the opportunity, shortly after high school, to serve a mission away from home. Young men serve for two years and young women serve for 18 months. They are assigned to serve in one of 400 missions worldwide, While there, the missionaries have a strict schedule to keep. Besides eating, sleeping, and exercising, all their time is taken up by study, service projects, and teaching people about their faith. This extreme lifestyle, for an extended period of time, is abnormal to the rest of the world. And after a while, a normal lifestyle is abnormal to these missionaries. Once these missionaries have been released from their service and they return home, They are expected to hit the ground running, but many times that's not what happens. There are countless ways a return missionary can struggle. Now, I won't be able to cover all of those, but I wanted to talk about some of the main ways that a missionary can be helped during their time of transition, and that is through social support, a purpose-filled life, and structure in finding your own path in life. Social support can help missionaries deal with mental health issues. Humans are social creatures, and we are wired to seek that support. Especially if we can have healthy relationships with people in different circles of life. There's a study recently done titled, The Influence of Social Support on Dyadic Function and Mental Health Among Military Personnel During Post-Deployment Reintegration. They found if military men or women lacked support after he or she comes home from deployment, their depression, anxiety, and PTSD dramatically increased. They also found that the healthiest were people that had support in different circles of life. They broke these circles down to three main categories, military friends and leaders, family, and non-military personnel. They found that any kind of support is good but it is best when it is balanced between these three groups. If someone only has support from his or her family, their anxiety goes down, but their PTSD and depression increase. If they only had support from their military friends and leaders, their depression and PTSD would go down, but their anxiety would increase. The other part of the study that was examined was the relationship between dyadic function and mental health. Dyadic function is the ability to develop a one-on-one relationship with other people. This is also referred to as social skills. The post-deployed military personnel who had better dyadic function could create faster and more intimate relationships, which in turn fostered more support and improved their mental health. Though this study focused on the demographic obviously different from LDS missionaries, it is very applicable. Though their daily routines and purpose are vastly different, 
both groups can experience similar symptoms on coming home from being in a similar structured environment. If these military men and women are helped with increased social support, then our young missionaries can be helped in the same way. As said previously, purpose is a significant component of a missionary's life. When they come home, many feel like they are stripped of that and are now told to find his or her purpose. This is difficult for most adults to do. So when a young adult struggles to find that purpose, it causes them to start questioning their beliefs. It could lead to a behavior opposite of how they acted while on the mission. In Vernon Howard's article, The Poignancy of Purpose, he proposes that a lack of purpose leads to nihilism. Nihilism is the worldview that nothing matters and nothing you do has any significant consequence. In essence, nihilism is believing life is meaningless. It can go as far as hatred for existence itself. Some of the most horrific acts were done from a nihilistic outlook. The Columbine shooters, the communist Russia, and Nazi Germany all had nihilistic outlooks on life. While those are extreme examples of this worldview, either way, it still negatively affects the individual, if not society. Humans need purpose, and when there is none, there's a void. We feel unsatisfied and lost. Missionaries who come home and are unclear about their purpose are in danger of feeling this void and experiencing of feelings of dissatisfaction, being lost, and at the far end of the spectrum, nihilism. Many well-meaning people and leaders of the Latter-day Saint faith do their best to give their returning missionaries a purpose when they arrive home. This can come in the form of advising them to go to school, enrolling in Institute of Religion, and getting married right away. While none of these suggestions are bad ideas, they are often seen as attempts to control the returned missionary's life. If it is viewed this way, it can cause missionaries to become resistant to any sort of advice because they feel it is someone else's purpose and not their own. But just because the common culture has encouraged something, that should not be a reason not to consider it. On the other hand, it is good to question the purpose that a particular culture encourages. One of two things will happen. Either the return missionary will realize they personally and genuinely find purpose in what is being encouraged, or something completely different. A return missionary with purpose is nearly unstoppable, but a return missionary with no purpose is merely unmotivated. Many missionaries found great meaning and purpose on their mission, and they want that to continue while at home. In an attempt to help them keep that sense of purpose they developed on their mission, they were advised to keep up their missionary practices. Oftentimes, church leaders, friends, and family will counsel return missionaries to continue praying, reading scriptures, planning out their days, and looking for ways to serve others. These habits have been proven time and time again to help a missionary in his or her transition home. And that is because it transitions their purpose from a boot camp structured life to the practical real world. If those practices are purposefully done while in the real world, they will be an anchor for the mental and emotional health of that missionary. However, if those practices are done sporadically and merely out of obligation, in other words, if the missionary is practicing religiosity, 
it will become a source of mental distress. A 2016 study titled Religion, Purpose in Life, Social Support, Psychological Distress in Chinese University found that when an individual practices religiosity as defined previously, they were more susceptible to psychological distress. They also found that already distressed people sought out religion to find meaning in their lives. When they genuinely sought out religion, they generally found increased purpose and social support in their lives. Interestingly, the outcomes of the study were nearly identical across the board no matter what university they went to. In a way, this study shows that it isn't so much what you do, but why you do it that matters most. This is also very clearly painted in the book 12 Rules to Life, An Antidote to Chaos by Jordan Peterson. The author talks about simple actions we all need to take to orient ourselves towards the most possible good that we can. One rule he discusses is to clean your room. It will help you distinguish between order and chaos. And when you clean your room and do those simple things, it'll bring more meaning and purpose to those everyday things that you have to do anyways. Religious practices, if not done with heart, has almost no benefit and can actually be negative. On the other hand, if an individual takes the practices he or she learned while on the mission and consistently uses them, they can experience greater mental and emotional stability, in addition to the sense of purpose and more social support. Often the expectations of a community can be a cause of struggle and decline in mental health specifically in a place highly populated with members of the church, such as Utah, there can be cultural issues. There can be these cultural issues for return missionaries outside of these densely populated areas, but it is usually more intense in such regions. Whether you love the Latter-day Saint culture or not, no one argues that it's perfect. There are times when teachings of love and understanding can be forgotten or ignored in an attempt to persuade or encourage return missionaries to do the quote-unquote right thing. Most of the time, it is well-intentioned, but that doesn't make it any easier when you're feeling like you're getting controlled. Benjamin Knowles did a study about LGBTQ youth in the Latter-day Saint Church and suicide rates. The rhetoric of the church suggested that in 2015, gay weddings were apostate. An increased attention on the LGBTQ community and lack of understanding caused the rhetoric of the culture, not the church, to cause alienation and pressure to conform for all the youth openly part of the LGBTQ community and those who were still in the closet. This study showed that suicide rates in Utah for youth between the ages of 15 and 19 since 2011 which isn't the case for other states. There are other factors, however, such as elevation, gun ownership, mental health issues, but the fact remains that isolating rhetoric has negative effects. Now, I wanted to examine this study because it makes a point I wanted to get across, and it's not only for the LGBTQ community. Oftentimes, return missionaries can feel pressured socially into being and doing what their community wants them to be or do. 
This is not to say that people should not share their opinions, advice, and encourage people one way or the other. But we need to be aware that a return missionary is his or her own person, and they will ultimately live life the way they see fit. Agency is one of the core teachings of Jesus Christ as well as his church, and also includes love, service, and support, even if there is disagreement. Now, when a missionary returns home, there's a belief that they are independent enough, because after all, they lived away for an extended period of time away from family and friends and their support network. I've often heard missionaries say on returning home that they don't want to be mothered and they want people to stay out of their business. Granted, no one wants to feel like they completed their mission simply to have other people breathe down their neck. Jordan Peterson also addresses this. In the chapter, Don't Bother Children While They're Skateboarding, he talks about the importance of searching for independence and possible danger. When a skateboarder takes a risk and comes out on top, they feel empowered. Missionaries need to feel that risk, success, and empowerment as well. Some would argue that too much support could take that away from them. On the other hand, I feel like there's a way to support without being overbearing or crippling. So to finish this up, as many friends, family, and church leaders have experienced, return missionaries can have a multitude of struggles while coming home. They can experience a loss of social support, a loss of purpose, a loss of structure, and a feeling of pressure to conform. Now, there are many more reasons why a missionary can struggle while coming home. I can't talk about them all here. That's why I've loved having people on the podcast to talk about their struggles, what's worked for them, and I'm just really grateful for that. And due to the fact that many of these return missionaries struggle, I believe that their support community should be aware of the pitfalls and equipped to offer understanding and resources during this time of transition. Now, I've talked to many return missionaries off the podcast and a lot on the podcast, and one of the biggest things I've found is that a support network is so critical and crucial. And so if we can be that support network for a missionary returning home, letting them know that we care, we are understanding, and that we will support them in their goals and in their life choices and in their purpose, that can be one of the biggest and most game-changing things that we can do for them. Now, missionaries and members are very aware that when somebody joins the Latter-day Saint faith, they covenant or promise with God that they will bear one another's burdens that they may be light, yea, and are willing to mourn with those that mourn and comfort those that stand in need of comfort. The greatest gift that we can give to a return missionary, or anyone for that matter, is ourselves. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. It's a little shorter than usual, but honestly, I am so grateful that you guys come and listen and you guys share your thoughts with me. Honestly, it means the world to me every single time I get a message about it. And so thank you so much. 
Now, I want to do a shout out to one of the reviews that released got. It was James. James said, when I got home from my mission, I felt very discouraged. I felt guilty about feeling this. It's great to hear the stories of other people so I know I wasn't alone. Thank you. Thanks so much, James. That means the world to me. And and please, please, please go to social media. Tell me what you think. Leave a review. Honestly, those reviews help me so much in pushing it out to more people that need to hear it. And remember, God is good and he's planned on your success. And though you've been released from your mission, you've not been released from your ministry. 